Welcome to the God and Dad Talk Podcast. We're excited you have tuned in to hear from us about following God as believers of Jesus Christ and how that drives us to try to be the best dads we can. It's time to discuss all things manly, so without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm Rodney Whitehead. Hey, I'm good, Rodney. How's it going today? It's going well. Awesome. Yeah, shout out to all of our faithful listeners. I think we're getting to a point where we have faithful listeners. So thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, it can only get better from here, right? Absolutely, yes. Our numbers are looking good. So I'm thankful that we have those people that keep listening. So yes. just, uh, thank you and just pray that you just keep on listening to us. Yeah, I just pray that, uh, I guess my prayer would be that you're impacted by this too and that you're able to encourage somebody else, you know, share the link and subscribe and like and all that good stuff. Um, Rodney, can you talk real briefly about our Instagram account too that we have out there? Um, yes, we got an Instagram account. Uh, we've shared a few pictures with uh, our viewers out there on Instagram. Um, of course, if you have any prayer requests, you can private message us on Instagram. Evening praise reports, if you want to share those. Um, no, we haven't shared a lot of pictures, but we plan on getting a few more out there. Yeah. There's. Yeah. And I think there's, uh, we've been talking more recently too about maybe doing a live feed at some point, like a live podcast where we have video and stuff. So stay tuned for that. That might be uh, coming up soon. So yeah. uh, what's on our. Right on. Uh, Rodney, what's on our agenda for today, though? I think today we're going to, of course, continue our study in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to talk about some hobbies that uh, people may get into. Okay, some dad-type stuff. Give dads a, uh, you know, an outlet. That's important. It sounds like they have a hobby, so you're not just always dadding, right? I mean, God bless, we love our kids, but sometimes you need to unplug. Um, so I think that's a great topic. Do you want to lead us off on that? Yeah, sure. Uh of course, there's lots of hobbies you can get into. I mean, this uh, list is not a- inclusive, but uh, there's so many different things that you can get into. One for me that I love to do is uh, go out and do some hunting and fishing. I love the outdoors, uh, going out, just enjoying God's beauty, and just uh, thinking about all that he's done, how he created this, war- this earth with his hands, and so for me, even if I don't go out there and uh, touch anything, nature that he's put in place, it's just uh, something that I enjoy, just going out, going hunting, fishing, sitting out there in the deer blind, and just uh, watching the squirrels jump around, see the birds, and hear them chirping, and just think how God created all these with just his hands. And I just love to be out there in nature and enjoy going out hunting, fishing, being out on the lake, in the boat, and just, uh, you know, sitting there. My dad and I used to do that a lot, going out there, you know, casting the reel and bringing in that big one. And just uh, being out there, like I said, observing nature and just uh, enjoying what God's done for us. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's a good point. You know, I think the Bible talks about nature and kind of what God's put out there. Um, if I can just go into Genesis chapter one, the very beginning of the Bible, right? Um, God created the land. Let me read that real quick for you, if you don't mind here. It says, uh, Genesis 1, verse 9. This is the New Living Translation. And it says, Then God said, Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place so dry ground may appear. And that's what happened. Verse 10, God called the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. And then later on in Genesis 1, it actually says, uh, verse 20, let, Then God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water, every sort of bird, each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. And it's cool in Genesis 1 because you see this, this recurring thing. You know, a lot of times we talk about God's rest when he created the earth. But we also need to talk about, I think, more, maybe more focus on the fact that God said it was good. You know, he said, this is this is my will. And I think it's God's will that men would have outlets uh, dads, you know, moms, single parents would be able to find an outlet, you know, to uh, recognize God's beauty and just slow down and have have that time. Um, and then uh, in verse 28, and this is one of my favorite ones in this chapter, it says, Then God blessed them and said, Brief, fruitful, and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And so, you know, it doesn't say to go out and hunt, but it does say to, you know, that God made it good and that we're to, uh, have dominion over the earth and uh you know we want to do that always do that responsibly and things but i think that what you're what i hear you saying rodney is that uh you know you're finding that dominion as god really orchestrated it for mankind so um, something to think about there i think that's definitely applicable to hobbies as well any hobby um, you mentioned a couple and i think that there's a lot of other things that people can consider of hobbies if you're like me like i struggled for a long time what do i really enjoy doing like enough to spend time on it, you know, either um, by myself or with my family. You know, there's things that I've gone into with like off-roading with Jeeps and trucks and not really ATVs as much or motorcycles, but uh, some of the four-wheel vehicles, you know, we call it four-wheeling commonly. Um, and uh, there's a lot of things within that community. I know there's a lot of camping. Um, you know, we talk about restoring old cars. There's, you know, my favorite Jeep is a AMC era full-size Jeep family, which went from about, 1964, 1965, um, with the Kaiser Willys and some of those older brands that you probably heard of, like the military Jeeps. Uh, but then they started making the bigger Jeeps, the wagons and, you know, the two and four door full size wagon trucks and uh, kind of a panel, like after the panel vans, all the way up to 1991 when uh, um, the last Grand Wagoneer rolled off the line. They call those the final editions because that's. Um, shortly thereafter, about that time, maybe before then, I'm not sure, but Chrysler came in and bought out AMC, uh, American, I think it's American Motor Cars is what AMC stands for. But yeah, and that's, there's four-wheeling blogs, there's, uh, you know, photography. I took a ton of pictures when we were four-wheeling on a regular basis. Um, some of the places we went at shooting ranges, so if you're into shooting, certainly boating, there was a lake there. Um, you know, if you're into like paracord type stuff. You know, or even crocheting, you know, it's fun to just camp and crochet if you're into crocheting, whether you're a dad or, you know, I'm sure some dads out there crochet or, you know, knit or, you know, certainly cooking whenever you camp. I think there's a lot of fun cooking. I don't cook, but uh, I know people that do. So I'm very reliant on them when we're camping um, to cook and bake. And, you know, a lot of those four-wheeling trails, too, there's bicycling trails nearby. 
people can do. And I'm certainly when we camp as a family, there's a lot of cleaning up to do. So my wife does cook amazing food for us, but there's certainly some dishes left from that. It's a great time. We focus on God. You can do journaling um, when you're out in nature. Uh, do you ever journal while you're out hunting, while you're waiting in your, your tree stand? Sometimes. I mean, uh, we keep a little journal on, you know, I'm a, I'm a coon hunter and I keep some tabs on, you know, how dogs are progressing and, you know, what we need to work on and um, what areas the dog's improving in, what, what areas the dogs need more work in and, you know, if you're running multiple dogs, you know, which dogs are kind of progressing faster, which dogs are, you know, lacking a little bit. So, do a little bit of journaling as far as, you know, how the hounds are producing. So, right on. You know, yes. A few of these. Um, one on here, the Hundleist, that kind of hits my spot, you know, as well as uh, woodworking. I got a little woodworking shop out here in, by my house, and I do a little woodworking, you know, occupies a little bit of time, you know, building a few things. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever gotten into any woodworking or not, Brandon, but that's something I kind of enjoy is, you know, taking a piece of wood and, you know, see what you can turn it into and uh, just kind of how God took us earth and, you know, transformed it and, and taking a little piece of wood and transform it and, you know, just uh, kind of a symbolism of how God works and how woodworker works, you know, to transform, you know, a piece of wood, just kind of how God transformed how the world. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, you know, and, and along those lines, too, like when you go out and hunt and stuff and like are you, you make you probably make sure to like clean up after yourself i know in the four-wheeling world there's a big principle called tread lightly and that's you know that could be taken in any context but essentially you're going to just respect the environment that you're in you know if you know your jeep's going to blow out up blow up and get oil all over the trail you're probably going to leave that jeep back at camp or at home you know or if you break down you don't just leave your truck in the woods i've seen that happen before and I've been the one that's wrecked in the woods before and had to drive it out, you know, damaged. And that's, it's a, it's an interesting experience when you're, uh, I would put a big V in the back of my Jeep one time. Um, and uh, my first one, well, luckily I didn't die by the grace of God. I think he really did save my life that day. And I made sure the kids were out of the Jeep before I tried the stupid thing that I did, but I ended up rolling backwards into a tree down a mountain. And if that tree hadn't been there, I would have probably not been sitting here on this podcast, but, um, makes for a good story, but, uh, you know, there's certainly some principles about treading lightly and not, you know, packing in what you pack out, whether you're camping or four-wheeling or hunting, I think. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Woodworking is another good one. I've, uh, I've done, a, I won't say I've done woodworking like what I know you do, but I've certainly helped with build a couple decks at my different homes and, um, thankful to have, uh, somebody in my life that, uh, is really good at stuff like that, uh, locally. So, had a lot of help along the way and a lot of help working on the cars and stuff and learning um, as I've gone. A lot of uh, community, online communities can help with that. There's a lot of forums out there, a lot of blogs, a lot of you know, YouTube is certainly your best friend, I think, when it comes to learning a new skill. Um, you know, big things I probably wouldn't try, but some smaller things. I haven't really tried woodworking, though. What would you uh, recommend for somebody that wants to get into woodworking? That's a good way to start. Well, you got to have a lot of time and a lot of patience. I mean, you know, you go in there real quick, you know, it's quick and easy to mess up that piece of wood, you know, and 
course, you know, you get too fast, you can easily hurt yourself. So you yeah. definitely got to have a little time and patience to, you know, to do what you want to do with that piece of wood. Yeah, sounds kind of like parenting to me. Huh. Is it being a dad, right? That's good. Um, yeah, and I think that's. Well, go ahead. I was just saying, as you mentioned, there's, you know, we include a few things on here for, you know, our our lady listeners. You know, like you said, you know, sewing, knitting, crocheting. I mean, I know some guys, you know, may enjoy some of those tasks, but of course, shopping. I mean, that's a task, you know, can be construed by either gender, but um you know i know like you said we want to thank all of our listeners and you know give everybody a, you know a thing to think about but um of course any, yeah any of these tasks can really be you know something anybody does any of these hobbies i mean you know it's not gender neutral or gender specific but um yeah yeah and I, you know I, I have my man cave that I'm sitting in right now. It's where I work from home at as well. But, you know, it was important to me for my wife to have a creative space. And so she's got her own creative space too. Um, so it's important, I think, as, as when you're married, especially when you have kids at home, to have that space that is just yours if you can, whether it's sitting at your dining room table or on the couch, you know, or whatever, but to have some time, you know, together, certainly as a, as a married couple and with your kids and including them in those things and using hobbies to, uh, to bring your family together, um, no matter what that is. But I think it's also healthy to have some of that, that time when you can just focus on God, you know, in, as an individual to be able to overflow to your family. So I think that's really what I would say when it comes to hobbies, uh, too, is to just recognize that, you know, you need to have that time with alone with God, whatever that is, but don't isolate. Don't, I think a lot of dads in particular probably find themselves isolated um, and that can take over your relationship and ruin your marriage and your relationship with your kids. Uh, you hear that a lot with like video games and stuff. And I have video games. It's one of my hobbies too, is to play games, but you know, I try to respect the time that I have with my family too, and make sure the video games don't take over that time. So yeah, that's totally understandable. I mean, here at my house, you know, I have my little office where I work out of. My wife's got her own little sewing area where she does her stuff. And, you know, we all have our own little areas we can escape to do our stuff. Like I said, I also have a workshop where I go out and do my woodworking. You know, we each need our space to be able to, you know, kind of unwind, do our own thing. But, of course, we come back together, you know, and you know, join each other at the dining, dining room table, you know, and thank God for our meals and, you know, and share times with our kids and find out what's going on in each other's lives. Just to yeah. have that time together. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, speaking of time together, I can tell some stories about my four-wheeling adventures here uh, for today's podcast, if you don't mind. Yeah. Would you like to hear about that? Maybe our listeners? Yeah. So, uh, gosh, so I've had four Jeeps, right. Since about the early two thousands, um, three of them were the, like I said, the AMC era. So the 19, uh, the first one was a 1978 Jeep Cherokee. The second one was a 1970, oh, here was that thing? 76, 78, 79, maybe. I don't remember. It was mid to late seventies. It was a Wagoneer, which is, so it's the same Jeep, except one is wider and only has two doors and then the other one had four doors and was a little narrower as far as the stance goes and then the third one 
was the same as the first one. So it was another 78, but it was in much better shape. Uh, they all ran decently. And then uh, that, uh, that uh, kind of, so being involved with that community, um, I found an online forum and it's still out there. It's called the International Full-Size Jeep Association. And the website is ifsja. I think it's .org or .com. I forget. Google it so you don't get some weird website. But International Full-Size Jeep Association, the forums are still there. There's a ton of good information if you're into full-size Jeeps, um, you're looking to get into that world. Thousands upon thousands of posts that you can search. Um, my screen name on there is Second Day. So hit me up with a DM there if you'd rather send me a message there for a prayer request too. Definitely do that. And uh, But out of that community back in probably 2002, 2000 one time frame. I, uh, I got into four-wheeling when I was actually in Korea with the military and then got really excited about it. When I got back to the States, I actually pursued it and um, got involved with IFSJ or the Full-Size Jeep Association. Let me just say, call it that. And um, out of that, that community, the online community, this was before PayPal and, you know, social media and all that. None of that really was existed. MySpace might've been a thing back then. I don't remember, but uh you know, it wasn't certainly wasn't anything like it is today. Um, the people that created like Mark Zuckerberg for Facebook was probably still in junior high at this point. And uh, TikTok, YouTube, none of that stuff existed yet. It wasn't, you know, as mainstream as it is now. So at any rate, so with that community being a part of that, I got had the opportunity to put together an event that is now in its, let me see, 2003. This is 2021. We're recording this. It just had its, what, 18th year this year. Um, it was canceled last year, but it's called the Full Size Jeep East Coast Invasion. And uh, we've had official sponsors like BJ's Off Road is an organization out of Washington State. Um, so it's been, and then when I was in Texas, I actually transitioned to the, a newer Jeep. I had a 94 Jeep Cherokee, which is not considered a full size Jeep, but it's still a very capable you know, vehicle, four door wagon with really square Jeeps from like the 90s that you see driving around quite a bit still now. And um, so it was, it's been a lot of fun. It's been something I've been able to do with the family when the kids were little. They used to uh, call whatever side the mountain was on the scary side. And so they always, no one, no one ever wanted to sit on the scary side because they'd look out the window and, you know, get uh, concerned about the drop off or whatever. So it was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a ton of fun. Um, I'd like to rep my four by four club I was involved with in North Carolina, which no longer is active, but it's called Southern Off-Road 4x4 Association, uh, four-wheel drive association. We call it Sora 4x4. So we're out on Facebook. If you want to see there, we still post stuff about the old days. It's a fun site to be on. Um, Sora 4x4. And uh, well, I'm the only full-size Jeep guy in that group. Uh, they know my passion and my love for them. So shout out to Sora 4x4 as well. But yeah, I mean, there's a ton more stories. You know, I don't have any of those four Jeeps anymore. I'm hoping to get into another one or maybe even a couple down the road. I got to build a garage first, but because uh, I don't want them to just sit out in the weather because it's the worst thing for them. But if you can salvage a full size Jeep and not part it out, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, the models that we're talking about are Cherokees, Grand Wagoneers, or Wagoneer. And I'm not talking about the new 2022 Grand Wagoneer. That's that, that, that's the name, but it's definitely not the same vehicle. So if you want to spend that much money on one, God bless you. But that's not a vehicle I'm as interested in. I'm definitely like the older ones that can need to be a little bit of work. But they got the big old V8 and, you know, the automatic transmission. A lot of them were really ahead of their time. Power windows and stuff on some of the newer, the 
you know, mid late early nineties and, uh, you know, the eighties models, the grand wagoneers are kind of the flagship of that. Uh, and you'll know one cause you'll see the wood grain on the side. So if you see a four door Jeep, it looks big and older and you know, that's probably a, it's got wood on the side. That's probably a grand wagoneer. So, um, yeah, just, it's just a really special part to me. It's something that we really enjoyed as a family. And, and my wife got to drive. We've got a couple of DVDs of the East coast invasions that, uh, BJ's off-road helped us produce and a big shout out to Carolina full-size Jeep club too. Those guys have really been uh, really great keeping the East coast invasion going all these years. They took it over after Sora, um, after we moved to Germany for the military and Sora kind of disbanded from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really great community. If you can, if you can meet, get be a part of that off-road community, there's a lot of good people out there that'll really help you out. So um, I think that's all I had to say about that for the day. Yeah. Yeah. There's another thing on this list that I put on there was a demolition <laughs> derby. That's something I actually participated in and I had a lot of fun doing that. Oh, okay. What's that like? Um, a lot of, a lot of hard hit. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I had a 1984 Mercury Grand Marquis station wagon, and that thing was a tank. So I bought it from a guy knowing that the rear end was going out on it. But I didn't want to dump a bunch of money into it, you know, because all you're going to do is go out there and tear it up. So I got it ready, derby ready, and all the requirements you had to do to get it ready for the derby went out there and doing good in my heat and unfortunately i got nailed into a guy t-bone head first into him and that's when my uh, rear end went out so i could not back back off from him and i was just stuck right there wow that's that was the end of your demolition derby career huh Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, though. You have to have, like a special helmet or anything that you have to wear. What kind of preparation do you have to do to be in a demolition derby? Yeah, you have, you have to have a helmet to participate, and of course, for the car, you gotta have all the glass, all the exterior molding, and um, of course, the um, the gas can gas tank needs to be removed. Has to be put inside the car because you don't want it to be somewhere where it's going to be hit and cause any kind of issues. The battery has to be moved to the inside of the car. Um, it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds really fun though. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a decent amount of work, but and hold on. Typically paying off. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that reminds me of like going to county fairs and things. I remember as a kid watching a couple of demolition derbies and figure eight track racing where they hook the cars together and go around figure eight and they're trying not to hit each other. It sounds like a lot of fun. Maybe one of these days we'll have to get together and enter another demolition derby. We'll get an old car, or maybe even a big Jeep or something and go out there and do it. Very cool. Um, yeah, well, that's good. And, you know, I think the big takeaway when we talk about hobbies, right? I mean, 
is that, uh, you know, working, like I used to joke and tell people, they ask me what my hobbies were. Well, I work for my hobby. All I do is work, right? Or I do chores or raise my kids, you know, and I think that that's very, those are very important things that uh, you have to have that outlet. You have to have that, that outlet. You know, God's given us the ability and, the, you know, Ecclesiastes, I think we talked so far, we've talked about, you know, it's good to, it's good to take what God's given you and, uh, you know, live your life with it. I think that's an important distinction that we've seen through our studies so far. So, um, so speaking of. It's good to have hobbies. I mean, good to have an outlet for a way to get, you know, out of the day in, day out life. I mean, I mean, if you just, uh, stuck working all the time, you don't have a avenue you know, do anything else, then I think, you know, it could be a drain on your life. So, you yeah. have something you enjoy. Yep. You know, that yep. means a lot, in my mind, to people. Yeah. Know. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money, either. I think one thing I've learned in my marriage is that, like, a, a date night with my wife doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It's something that I've kind of had to really focus on more because I always want to do the big romantic gesture, you know, and make sure she feels honored and everything. But with your kids and your wife, you know, you can, uh, just, you can be a, a fire in the backyard, you know, if you're allowed to do campfires in your backyard, you know, roast some s'mores or something. So I had somebody tell me yesterday that, uh, it was, uh, you know, if you're going to do a campfire, you had to do s'mores. And I was like, I don't know. My, my scale says I did too many s'mores as it is. So maybe I need to back off the s'mores, but Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I think you and I connected over cards quite a bit in the past, you know, when we were in Germany together. So, and I can... It could be, you know, something as simple as, you know, get together, play some sports. I mean, shoot some basketball or play, throwing the football around or whatever, anything. I mean... It's not like hobbies have to be something that costs you a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I will say that if you get into the off-road world, then you can expect to spend a lot of money. The uh, old-school acronym for Jeep is just empty every pocket because every time you brake or you know want to upgrade something, it's usually not a cheap, a cheap process. So you got to know what you're getting into, and it's okay, I think, to try out different hobbies. You know, until you find the one that's the right fit for you. So maybe don't invest a bunch of money on that $500 bicycle if you know you're not sure if you're gonna, you know, go out and, and do it on a regular basis. Or, uh, you know, uh, I have friends that are dads that uh, here locally in Virginia that kayak, and I really want to try kayaking. I've actually never been in a kayak, but I really want to try it. And uh, I think my, my plan when I finally get there is to try to rent one a couple times and try it out before I go out and spend $600 on a kayak or something, you know, or find a good used kayak, maybe. Yeah, my father-in-law has kayaks, and they're a lot of fun. Yeah, so you, you've, you've kayaked before then? Yeah, we've, we've done some quite a bit of kayaking. Okay, have you ever fished while you kayaked? I've never actually been fishing while kayaking. Yeah, I guess they have, like, special fishing kayaks, too, you can get. 
Well, I think I would enjoy that. You got to get a fishing license too, depending on your state. Check your state department of wildlife, fishing and game, see what the uh, policy on fishing license is. Yeah. How does licensing work with hunting that you do? Um, well, I mean, to, to go hunting, you have to have the proper hunting license. If you want to go do any kind of specialty hunting, like deer hunting, you got to get a deer tag. Um, if you're doing, you know, turkey hunting, turkey tag, whatever kind of hunting you're going, I mean, you got to, you know, make sure you have the proper permits. You have to, you know, make sure if you're hunting on private land, you have permission from the landowner. If you're hunting on public land, then of course you're free to hunt on the public land. Yeah, yeah, I know uh, there's a lot of people around me go shooting on their, their private land. Um, so you don't have to have a, you know, you got to have your background check and everything, obviously, to purchase a weapon. But if you're looking to um, do any kind of of shooting you can do it on your own land or you can go to a shooting range a lot of times the shooting ranges around here too you can actually uh, rent weapons at the range which is a nice way to keep the cost down um, i know ammunition right now can be kind of hard kind of pricey to find just with covid and everything a lot of people went up and bought all the ammo and they've had some issues getting that back in stores but whether you're hunting i think hunting ammo might be more readily available right now than like uh, small arms ammo but we hear a lot of people shooting around us at our house. We live a little bit more rurally than we're uh, close, not as close to the city. So uh, that's uh, a consideration too. So it's another good hobby. So, so yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of options out there, I think. And, you know, going back to uh, what the Bible says about, about just having a hobby and relationships and things. I think that Ecclesiastes actually touches quite a bit on that too um, in chapter four. So do you think now we could transition over to chapter four in Ecclesiastes? Awesome. Well, um, you know, there's a lot in chapter four, certainly. I think when it talks, we talk about hobbies and fellowship, uh, there's uh, verses seven in chapter four all the way through verse 12, um, really kind of speaks to this probably kind of directly. Uh, so I'm going to just read that real quick, if you don't mind. All right. So it says, uh, and again, this is New Living Translation. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. But then he asks himself, who am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It's all so meaningless and depressing. And so here's Solomon, you know, we know that he tried all kinds of different relationships. He had, you know, a whole concubine set up, which, you know, because he was a king, it was kind of a expectation for royalty, I think, back then. But I, I like the beginning of this, with these verses where it says, you know, there's something meaningless, and that's the case of somebody who's all alone, right? And so I think there's a call to fellowship there um, in your hobbies to, you know, have somebody, don't be afraid to ask for help if you're working on a car, you know, get involved in some sort of healthy online community, whether it's a Christian community or not. I think there's certainly benefit to being in, surrounded by believers in your hobbies, but that's not always going to be the case. Um, you know, and he's talking about giving up pleasure. You know, 
so I think what he's saying is that all I'm doing is working and I have no outlets. And so it's just meaningless because at the end of the day, you know, we're all returned to dust like we read about before. It says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed in verse nine. Verse 10 says, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. I know when it comes to four-wheeling, like the last thing you want to do is go out there by yourself. Because if you get stranded, it's a long walk back off that trail. If you can, you know, if we run out of gas or like in my case, if I didn't have other people there to help me out um, when I wrecked my first Jeep, I don't know. I, have, I probably would have, you know, I'd need people to talk me down, to help me calm down and not make any more stupid decisions. Like I tried to, when I tried to go up the hill unprepared in my Jeep, um, you know, so as two people lying close together can keep each other warm. How can one be warm alone? You know, I think that's physical warmth. Like if you're camping in December, like I did one time four wheeling, that's not a great idea. So, you know, having somebody else there to make sure you're still breathing and stuff. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was hiking one time in Oklahoma and I got off the trail on accident and thought I was still on the trail. Well, I figured out I was on an animal trail and I was by myself. And, you know, luckily I made it out of there before dark. But my wife said, no, you're not you're not like she asked me to make sure I don't hike alone anymore after that happened. Because what if I got gored by like a buffalo or something like that? Well, again, I wouldn't be here. So there's safety in numbers. And I think when it comes to walking with God, you know, you need to have believers around you, too. You know, whether you're out doing your hobbies with them or not, you need to have somebody to hold you accountable, you know, because we're going to mess up. We're going to have those times and when we need somebody to kind of re help redirect us. Um, I can certainly say that's been the case for myself. You know, I want somebody there to help me understand why life's going the way it is or whatnot, um, hobby or otherwise. But certainly in hobbies, you know, for just for safety, just for physical safety, you need somebody there. I've been hiking and seen bears before, you know, on the trail and snakes. And so you want somebody, you know, the old saying, uh, what is it? If you're out, if you're running from, from a bear, make sure the person you're with is slower than you. <laughs> so that's, you know, we say that as a joke, but uh, certainly there's safety in numbers, both spiritually and physically. Uh, and then verse 12, it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And I know I've seen that last verse, last part of that verse anyway, and, you know, a lot of ministry context, uh, certainly men's ministry, um, you know, because it's, it's saying that there's safety in numbers, there's safety in fellowship with believers. And, you know, even like I say, physical safety, you don't want to go out alone when you're doing your hobby. If you're boating, you know, you don't want to get out there in a boat by yourself and get stranded. Um, one of the guys that's in my book that I'm writing, he actually literally saved my life one time when we were kids and we were swimming. As teenagers, you know, I was trying to keep up with everybody and, you know, I just wasn't a strong swimmer and thought I was and got out there and couldn't get back. You know, and he helped me get propped up on a log until I was able to rest enough to swim back. And it's just it's it's spiritual, but it's also very literal here with safety in numbers. And I'm not going to go through the rest of chapter four this time, but I think that verses seven through 12 really give a lot of wisdom there when it comes to hobbies. On the boat, you know, and you accidentally fall over. You know, then if you don't have somebody else out there to help you, you know, then you got to hope you're a strong swimmer, you know, or you know, hopefully you got your life vest on or something because you know, I mean, it doesn't take much, you know, and 
you can go under pretty quick. Yeah. Well, and as a dad, like, what do I want to model for my kids? Right. What do I want them? I want them to see that I'm being smart with my hobbies, you know, that I'm wearing safety gear, a life vest, or, you know, I'm not going out alone kind of thing. Right. I think that's an important to set that example for your kids too. So, uh, uh, what else you got, Rodney, as far as hobbies goes? Yeah, I think that's really good. And Ecclesiastes is, like I said, chapter four, there's a lot there. But I think that's a, that's really where my mind went. And I think if I look back at our, our devotional we've been doing on Ecclesiastes here, um, we got some good points that you made in the notes. And that if anybody's interested, the diva we're doing is love God greatly. Ecclesiastes, finding the purpose of true life. Hey, that's a great idea. You know, maybe they'll find a new hobby they might think about. Like, oh, I've never tried that before. I'll give it a try and see if I like it. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and post this on our blog, on our website, and find this list on there. It's a great idea. Try it out. Let us know what you think about this hobby. And maybe it's something new. Maybe it's something you guys have been doing a long time. You guys can give us some feedback on your. Your hobbies let us know what you guys do for you know recreation time or whatever so yeah i would love to hear let's, let's go ahead now jump into you know what we mentioned earlier brandon about our our upcoming you know thoughts and plans about uh doing a live live show yeah that's a good idea yeah, so what, uh, what's the flip, how are we going to advertise and what should people expect when it comes to that? Well, we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start off. I mean, something that just kind of came to my mind, you know, we've got, seems like a good base of listeners right now. And we just, as we mentioned earlier, we just want to thank you all. And we'll just uh, start advertising and we will put some notices up on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, we haven't really got any uh, anybody, you know, sending messages through um, the website, but we can. Uh, if anybody starts subscribing through our newsletter, we can all send out some newsletters. Let you guys know when we plan on doing it. But the thought is just to actually just do a spontaneous live episode, and it might be a video episode, so you actually might get to see us live. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know about me. It'd be cool to see you. They might not want to see me. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just the writer. B Rad. That's one of my many nicknames. That could be a that could be a, uh, a topic one day. Different nicknames that you you had through the years. Yeah, no, that sounds good, Rodney. We'll definitely keep an eye on my social media to see uh, when that's going to happen. So we'll definitely put that out for all of our listeners. And again, like Rodney said, thanks for listening. I mean, we really hope this is impacting you and your families in a positive way. And uh, we'll keep doing it until somebody tells us not to, I guess, right? Until God tells us something different. Yep. Yeah, good times. Um, 
Let's be obedient. Yeah, I know it's, I'll tell you what, man, it's definitely helping me. It's been great to reconnect with you and, you know, it's a great hobby as well. If you're into podcasting, I'm sure, you know, hit us up if you have, want some, some tips and some of the stuff in the background that we're doing, you know, Rodney's got a great list of equipment. I think that uh, he could recommend for podcasting and kind of what, what we've learned as we've done these five episodes and more to come. So sounds, sounds really good. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. Um, speaking of podcasting, you've got a trip coming up, don't you? Are you going to be podcasting from a different location? Did you want to talk about that real briefly? Ooh, surprise! Yeah, that's a good idea. We got a little surprise. Oh yeah, there you go. Send us an email. Maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, there'll be a, some kind of small surprise, small prize if you can guess it right. Oh wow. Where will I be? Where's Rodney? Where in the world is Rodney? Uh, can you give us any kind of hint or anything for our listeners to try to guess? Are we talking like, like, is there going to be kangaroos? Or... Okay. Okay, so not Australia or Europe or anywhere. Okay. Okay. Okay, so somewhere not on the East Coast probably. Okay, well, that's interesting. Well, stay tuned to see what kind of guesses come in. And... Um, you know, I, I, I know the answer, so I'm not, I guess I can't win the prize, but uh, maybe the prize will be like a shout out on the podcast or something. That'd be cool. Very cool. We'd have to bring us back some souvenirs, something that's podcastable. And we'll be doing the pop. Oh, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. So you send it out in the mail or something. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors yet, so. Yeah. But if you want to sponsor us, well, maybe that'd be awesome. So yeah, if you want to sponsor us too, let us know. We're open to more than one sponsor. So where's Rodney's mystery location going to be? Where's he going to be podcasting from next for episode six, right? It'll be episode six podcast that you'll reveal. You reveal your secret location. Very cool. I'm excited to, to find out. So, all right. Well, I think that uh, wraps us up for today. So keep calling Dad on, unless you have anything else, Rodney. God bless. We'll be praying for you. Thanks right. for spending time with us today. Be sure to check us out on our website and also on Facebook and Instagram. Also, let us know if you have any prayer requests. Finally, please like, share, and subscribe to stay updated. Until next time, keep calm and dad on.